welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. Good afternoon, my AOWs. I hope y'all are doing well podcasting to you from my mountain fresh cedar closet. Today, we're going to be talking about the new novel non-hormonal medication coming out for the treatment of vasomotor symptoms. You may have heard about this if you follow me over on Instagram or TikTok, I'm at Heather HeatherHirshMD, but this medication, a Fizzolinian's a pharma company, Astellis, ran an ad after the coin toss during the Super Bowl. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to talk to you about what is this medication? How is it going to work? What do we know about it so far? What are the things that we don't know that we may want to consider? Uh, when is it coming out? Um, and that's what we're going to chat about. But before we do, I wanted to fill you in on some really cool things going on in the world of menopause uh, besides for this new medication. So First and foremost, most importantly, I signed the contract uh, for the contractor to do the podcast room because I am not handy. My husband is not handy. Nobody I know. Actually, no, I, people I know are handy, but I don't want to like make them do a project in my house. And so the podcast room is getting done. And what that means is that hopefully I will have some visual content to go along with my audio content. That's not just me recording myself on Zoom. So I'm really, really excited. I do not know when construction is going to start. If you're an audio listener and you always just listen to the podcast as you're driving, it makes no difference to you. But if you follow me on social media, it's going to be so nice that I'm going to have uh, these clips that I can use and repurpose to so many different platforms, especially when I have guests on. Because when I am a guest on other people's podcasts and I get their really cool vertical, uh, you know, cuts of the show, I'm wicked jealous. MIDI launched in Massachusetts a few months ago, and we held an incredible party uh, at uh, the uh, home of the uh, MIDI's founder's friend. Wait, let me say that back again. The founder of MIDI, Joanna Strober, the CEO, her uh, good friend and or best friend growing up uh, now lives in Massachusetts, and she hosted the party for MIDI's launch in Massachusetts. Maybe I said it better when I gave it a second try. And it was incredible, a really exciting event, and just the energy, the mobilization, the excitement, the the potential of the support women are going to start to receive for midlife and menopausal health is you can feel it in your bones. You can feel it. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've been feeling it for a while. I hear you. I know I've been doing this and uh, getting on my soapbox for years, but it's really, really exciting. We had a great conversation. Um, we talked a lot about sleep and sex. Me and Joanna were saying afterwards, sleep and sex, um, two really important topics. Another question that came up during uh, the event was also about the new med medication, Fesalinian, and because menopausal women would have a party on Super Bowl, it was a few hours before the Super Bowl. So that was really cool. 
And so much is happening. I'm getting ready to, uh, for the months ahead, get ready for really launching my book into the stratosphere. So I will need all of y'all's help because I know you're an avid listener to the show and you've been following me for a while. And I'm really, really excited for all the opportunities coming my way in the next couple of months. All right. (laughs) That's a lot. Fezzalinians. I may be pronouncing it wrong, uh, but in the biz, they call it Fezzo, <laughs> Fez, Fezzo. Fezzaliniant is the uh, generic name of the uh, new non-hormonal medication. And this is really exciting. This is the medication that was, so it wasn't the medication that was, there was a commercial for the Super Bowl. It was the pharma company who is making this medication's commercial, Stellis. So let me tell you a little bit about, about, let me tell you a little bit about the brain. If I tell you a little bit about the brain, that's going to help me more easily navigate into telling you how this medication's going to work. It's not hormone therapy. So it is not estrogen. In our brain, in the hypothalamus, there is a bunch of neurons that regulate our core body temperature. And if I get a couple of these details a little wrong, you can always correct me, but go with me here. I think I'm pretty much right about the physiology. Estrogen and other neuromodulators help to regulate that group of neurons called candy neurons. And candy stands for K-N-D-Y, and then a bunch of fancy names. It's like kispeptin, neurokinin, and dynorphin, something like that, okay? K-N-D-Y, neurons. So these neurons, if you think about them as like flowers blooming, when these flowers bloom, or the medical term for that is hypertrophy, or they start to grow, when these uh, neurons bloom, they're looking for probably estrogen and those other neuromodulators to bind and keep them happy. And if they bind estrogen and those other neuromodulators and it keeps them happy, they stay nice and regulated. And as an effect, you can regulate your body, your core temperature. You can regulate the core temperature of your body. (laughs) An example of this is when we get out of a hot shower. When we get out of a hot shower, our body can kind of step out of that shower and boom, it can regulate your core body temperature really quickly. Or if you're sleeping, you sleep next to a person and that person breathes really heavily. Uh, your, Your body can sense that heat, but it can regulate that temperature and keep your body staying cool. We know that after or as we go through the perimenopause transition and our estrogen depletes, when those neurons bloom and say, give me that estrogen and there is no estrogen there, they start to hypertrophy or get bigger, like begging, like, please, 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 please. And what this medication is going to do, it's not estrogen, but it is an an antagonist of that receptor. It means it binds to it. Maybe it's an agonist, antagonist, agonist, antagonist, doesn't matter. It binds to it. (laughs) It binds to it. And then those flowers, you know, they, they, they just kind of go back down and they stop screaming, they stop yelling, and it helps to regulate your core body temperature. Oh my gosh, I really did my best there to explain what it does. So I don't know if you're still following me, but again, um, those neurons, those candy neurons in your hypothalamus, they open and they bloom. Usually estrogen binds. When it binds, they kind of 
curl back up and you regulate your core body temperature postmenopausally when you don't make estrogen. Uh, those uh, flowers just stay open, they hypertrophy, but this new medication is going to help to downregulate those uh, neurons by having something bind to it that, again, makes them kind of fold up and curl in and help you regulate your core body temperature because you're no longer making estrogen. It's probably also the way estrogen works when we replace estrogen as a part of hormone therapy, but estrogen does a lot of other things. Estrogen doesn't work just centrally in your brain in the hypothalamus. Estrogen is a vasodilator. It helps to open blood vessels. You might get better blood flow. Um, it releases nitric oxide, which is an anti-inflammatory. So it's, it's just a different, it's like comparing apples and bananas. They're really two different things or two different fruits. Whereas all the different types of hormone therapy, I say, is like different types of apples. <laughs> Whether you're going to do... Um, estradiol and prometrium. That's like your gala apple. We've got your Macintosh apples, which is like uh, your combi patch. You know, all of hormone therapy is a form of apples. Phesalinient is um, a different fruit completely. And, and there's lots that we can say about that, but that's how it works. It is currently in phase three trials. The application uh, has been received and is at the FDA. In the phase three trials, what I know off the top of my head is I believe there was about 500 participants in a double blind randomized control uh, trial of this medication, 30 milligrams and 45 milligrams compared to placebo. And essentially what they found is a statistically significant reduction in the frequency and severity of hot flashes. And that's what they were hoping because that's the mechanism of how this medication works. They also found that it did help sleep as well. I do not believe at the taping of this recording that it's going to be FDA approved to help sleep or that it's going to, I don't know if it's going to say night sweats or not, but I am assuming that the way that it helps with sleep is because it's helping to reduce the temperature change at night, i.e. basically it's helping to stop the night sweats, just like it would stop hot flashes, which are probably a very similar physiology. If they're not the exact same, they're probably similar. So FDA approved for hot flashes. All right. So now we've talked about uh, what it is, what its name is, how it works, a little bit about the trial and what is going to be FDA approved for. I suspect it's going to be on the market very soon within a couple of months. Definitely 2023. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not a betting woman, but I, I, I would bet, nah, I'd bet a hundred bucks on that. <laughs> Um, and what makes me really excited about this is actually a couple things, a couple things, you know, anything that we have in the filing cabinet of more options for women is wonderful. There are women for whom do not want to take hormone therapy, cannot take hormone therapy, have contraindications to hormone therapy, etc. And so this is going to be a really nice option. The one option that we have that is FDA approved to treat vasomotor symptoms or hot flashes that is non-hormonal is called Brisdel. Brisdel is essentially an SSRI, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. It's in the antidepressant class. Now I really take, I really, I really, I want to tread carefully here. I don't love the term antidepressant. I think it's a really outdated term. I think it really doesn't even encompass what SSRI medications do. They treat anxiety. They treat generalized anxiety. They treat panic disorder. They treat depression. They treat OCD. They treat a lot of things. So I really just don't like calling SSRIs as a whole antidepressants, but 
All right, let's go with that. Paroxetine uh, or Paxil, which is its generic name, but the uh, which is its brand name, sorry. But the generic name uh, for Paxil is paroxetine. And the lowest dose of paroxetine, which is an SSRI, is 10 milligrams. And Brisdell is paroxetine, 7.5 milligrams. Why should you care about this? I don't know, because it's interesting and you and you love this podcast. But um, essentially, by changing the name to Brisdell and sort of um, remind, uh, sort of seemingly trying to separate it from an SSRI, uh, Brisdell is really trying to market themselves differently, I think, from the antidepressant class. The only downside is that um, it Brisdell, the brand is very, very expensive. So I think there's like, you know, a couple hundred dollar difference between Brisdell 7.5 milligrams, which is proxetine paroxetine and paroxetine 10 milligrams, which is usually like two or three dollars. We know that SSRIs and SNRIs at low doses can reduce the severity and frequency of hot flashes. That's what we use for a lot of women who do not want to take hormone therapy or cannot take hormone therapy um, due to either cancers or other contraindications. So this is going to be a new medication. That's really exciting. That means we have more options for people. We have more choices for people. There are even people for whom hormone therapy, despite all of the attempts and trying and desperation and pleas, just didn't work. And so because of that, it's really nice that we have another option. Now, the big elephant in the room that is really nice to podcast about is that it is really different than hormone therapy because hormone therapy will help with many more things. That's just true. Hormone therapy is also FDA approved for a genitourinary syndrome of menopause or vaginal atrophy, which I talked all about in last week's episode. Give your vagina estrogen, girl. And osteopenia can help prevent osteoporosis. Now, estrogen or hormone therapy is not FDA approved for, but we really believe that in some women, it helps with other things like cognition, hair, skin, and nails, um, mood, uh, joint aches and pains. So I do not think because of the way phesalinate works more in your brain versus the way estrogen just systemically, and we have all these receptors for estrogen everywhere, I don't think that a phesalinant or phezo is going to have as many benefits overall that estrogen does. And those are just the things that you can feel. Don't forget that estrogen when used within 10 years for menopause and women who have no known contraindications, the benefits outweigh the risks. And not only can it improve your symptoms, but it can reduce cardiovascular disease. It can um, uh, reduce overall mortality, meaning women who take hormone therapy tend to live longer compared to women who don't. 3.2 years on average, who's counting? And it may also help with... Um, uh, reducing actually overall uh, overall mortality from cancer. I believe it or not, yes, this is true. And also, there has been a reduction in progression to diabetes for women who take hormone therapy. Women also gain less weight who take hormone therapy. Blah 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 blah. blah. There's a couple other things. And again, look, my overarching statement. I did a podcast. I did a podcast way long time ago, maybe somewhere in 2020 or maybe even 2021, and it was called "Do, Do I Have to Take Hormone Therapy." Because this is a really good spot in this segment to just digress for a second. 
do I have to take hormone therapy or am I going to fail if I don't take hormone therapy or like, what if I can't take hormone therapy? You know, am I doomed? No, 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 no. And that's a big, this medication is a big win for this, right? There are some women, they cannot take hormone therapy because they either have an estrogen receptor positive tumor or cancer. And therefore the benefits are not going to outweigh the risks. They have had a history of a blood clot and therefore deemed really high risk. And there's a couple other contraindications, or they simply just choose not to, or maybe they're kind of out of that 10 year window and just not sure if they're going to really be reaping all of those benefits. So there's a lot of women who always think like, oh gosh, am I just doomed if I don't take hormone therapy? And the answer is really absolutely no. I want you to know the main reason I talk about hormone therapy so much is mostly because women were never given the opportunity to really understand their options. They were never fully counseled about hormone therapy. And I still can't believe, but I live in a little bit of a bubble. I still can't believe that women come to see me and they'll say, my doctor just flat out said no. I'm like, what? It's 2023. No one read the New York Times article or the like 10 before it. My doctor just said no it'll give you cancer. Like that's so 2026, um, at least in my head. But the reality is it's 2026 and it's still in a lot of doctor's heads. And you cannot just prescribe yourself hormone therapy. Um, But it does not mean that that is the only option. There are plenty of lifestyle things. There's plenty of supplements. There is plenty of um, uh, vitamins um, and cognitive exercises that can be done. And small plug. I talk about all of those in my book um, for all the different types and kinds of menopause. And I talk about all the non-hormonal options. So you are not doomed if you cannot take hormone therapy or you choose not to, or you feel as though it's too late. But if you're still one of those ladies that I see who's 67 and said, I've been having hot flashes for 20 plus years when I had menopause at 46 because someone took out my uterus and ovaries for fibroids. And you think, well, now you have a little bit of hypertension, dyslipidemia. It's 22 plus years later. This medication, Fesalinian, is a great option. And there's many other places where this is going to be a really good option. All right. So small digression. Where I'm most excited to use this is breast cancer patients and breast cancer survivors. No secret there. No secret there. All of my patients who I have seen in the last three years, often patients from Dana-Farber Cancer Institute since I was at the Brigham and Women's Hospital right in Boston, I have been telling them about Fesalinian for a really long time. And if that's you, you're like, yes, I know. That's me. I've been talking about this medication for at least two years. This has been a really hot topic at all the NAMS meetings. Um... And I've just been reading and learning about this medication for a long time. And so I'm so excited that we're almost here. We're at the cusp. Now, the thing here is that this isn't going to be an interesting phenomenon. I think that our oncologists are going to allow us to prescribe this medication. By allow, I mean agree that it is like high probability to be safe because it's non-hormonal. Just like any other medication a breast cancer patient may take, a statin, metformin, uh, essentially acting medications like gabapentin, which is commonly prescribed for hot flashes. So I can't see why they would say no 
But it will be true that this is a novel medication that has not been studied in breast cancer patients before. In the phase three clinical trials that I was talking about at the beginning of the show, that was in what we would consider our healthy participants. I mean, healthy, but having like a bajillion hot flashes, our healthy participants. So it will not have been studied in breast cancer patients. And unlike even a medication like gabapentin, um, or Neurotin, which had, you know, been used for many, many years for other indications besides for hot flashes, such as like uh, neuropathy. This is a novel new medication. So I don't think that um, it's going to prohibit uh, my cancer patients from trialing it and taking it because this is the population, you know, I'm really most excited to use it in. Um, but it is just uh, something up for consideration. So I'll be, I'll, I will be reaching out to many an oncologist. And if any of you are oncologists um, who listen to my show or who follow me on Instagram, please, 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 please DM me. I've been dying to have someone else come back on the show. I did a great episode with Dr. Avram Blooming of Estrogen Matters in 2022. My most listened to podcast, hundreds of thousands of downloads on that podcast. Best one ever. If you have not watched it, it's also on YouTube. Um, I have a secret YouTube channel you don't know about. It's like Heather Hirsch, Health by Heather Hirsch podcast. If you follow me or if you watch me on YouTube, it's just Health by Heather Hirsch. That's my YouTube channel. But I do have also the uh, the video of me and Dr. Um, Dr. Blooming doing that, uh, sh- that, that recording. And it is freaking phenomenal. They're actually, actually, gosh, I digress a lot on my show. They are, um, there's some studies being done having, um, OBGYN residents watch this video to see how it changes their perception of, um, uh, the use of hormone therapy, particularly for women who, um, are breast cancer survivors. Right. So you got to watch it. It's like, historic Heather Hirsch moment. If you care, if you care, um, you can also listen to it. It's probably like episode 120 something if I had to guess. And this is episode like 158 or something if I had to guess, but I never actually know what episode it is till I go to upload it and I check what was the last number. And yes, I always inevitably miss a random number. Like it'll be like my, the, 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 the person who's redoing my website should be up in a couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be so good. So interactive. So many places to sign up for podcast updates, newsletter updates, my book, blah, blah, blah. She's like, where's episode 105 and 152. And I'm like, <laughs> misnumbering, <laughs> just a little misnumbering. So if you're ever wondering where an episode went, um, just a misnumbering. Anyways, so that is a lot about Fesalinian. So coming out most likely in 2023, we'll have FDA approval for vasomotor symptoms only. That's my my big guess. A novel non-hormonal, non-hormonal medication that works centrally in your brain uh, to bind to those candy neurons uh, to stop the hypertrophy of those neurons to then therefore help control your body temperature and reduce your core body temperature so you don't feel as hot. And great for all patients. I There's not very many contraindications. There's just, I think, like active liver disease, uh, probably uh, cirrhosis, not like fatty liver. A lot of us have fatty liver. That's quite common. Um, but I think that is really the only one main contraindication to this medication. So I am so excited. I can't wait to see this in its use for breast cancer patients and survivors, and particularly those who cannot use estrogen or who choose that, that don't want to, or have just tried so many different types of hormone therapy and it hasn't worked. And the main difference here is that estrogen works so differently and it is just a totally different game. 
It's a totally different game. You know, I'm not so worried that hormone therapy, somewhere I I saw in some of my comments, um, either on Instagram or TikTok, oh, I hope doctors don't stop prescribing hormone therapy because of this. They won't. They're not prescribing hormone therapy right now. (laughs) So the doctors that are prescribing hormone therapy are prescribing hormone therapy. The doctors that are not prescribing hormone therapy, they're, they're very It's going to be a very slow movement. Not the docs and the clinicians who listen to this show and, you know, other shows in this space. Right. So I don't think we're going to see like a, a drop in hormone therapy. We do know that in the United States, about five to 7% of women take FDA approved hormone therapy. That's it. Five to seven might be like inching up let's even say it's like eight or nine or ten percent which is still wild I doubt it's that high I highly doubt it's that high um I don't think like this is going to cause HRT prescriptions to drop I'll still be scribing prescribing it the people who you know talk about it and know about it and understand the evidence base are still going to prescribe it the people who are trying to sell you pellets or sell your best friend your cousin pellets tell her no tell her to listen to the show are still going to be doing that so I think we're okay there I think this just means there's another option in the toolbox which I'm so excited for if you don't already follow me on social media, please do. I am got so much coming up for you in the next couple of months. I am so energized. My social media is just going to be on fire as I am getting ready for the launch of my book. I'm hoping to work with my PR manager and possibly do some book tours. Um, I'm going to be telling you a little bit about what all of my plans are so far on my subscriber only show. I am due for an episode for y'all. So that's what we're talking about over there. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I am so thrilled to see how incredibly far this little podcast has gone that I started on my maternity leave in 2018. Thank you so much for your support. If you love the show, please post your this link or repost it on your Facebook or social media or your Facebook group. That's that's key, Facebook group. And I'll see you guys next week for a brand new uh, show. Bye, everyone. If I haven't already done so, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my show. Consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Also, if you love the show, your stars or a quick review could really help other women who are searching for information on menopause and midlife around the globe find this show. If you want to work with me, consider the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass. The link for that is in the description to this show. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for all your support, and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode.